Before I begin, I just want to say, for those of you who helped and worked and made this place beautiful, thank you last week for your help. We really, really, really appreciate it. We're going to continue in this series out of Colossians that's entitled Filled, Complete, Whole. And we're looking today at uh, really a topic that fits the season so well. We've come out of focusing on how Jesus is the supreme one, and we're looking at his supremacy. Today, we're looking at how his sufficiency is going to uh, be all that we need. And see, why this is so important all the time is sort of uh, amplified at this time. A lot of us feel pretty happy. A lot of us feel pretty whole. A lot of us feel pretty filled and complete because of our faith in Jesus Christ. But amplified at this time is this contrast where we wish we felt more filled. We wish we felt more whole and complete because such and such is going on. And all this festivity is just this clash and contrast with what I'm feeling right now, what I'm experiencing right now. And so there's a a jumbled bunch of different kinds of places that we're at. So wherever you're at today, where we want to go is to take a look at the supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ and literally and by looking at him, we're, we're readjusting our own feelings, readjusting where we're coming from, readjusting where our soul's attention is kind of fixed and bringing ourselves before him so that we can experience how he is all we need. He is totally sufficient to bring uh, a filling, a wholeness, a completeness. I totally acknowledge the fact that um, a lot of people ask me, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? And I say, yes, I'm doing great. And I can say that in all honesty, I'm really doing well. And then in all honesty, it doesn't take much, maybe a day later, two days later, one event later, one phone call later, one little statement later, that I'm not feeling as joy-filled. I'm not feeling as complete and whole. And so what do we do? Well, it's the same thing. And we're going to look at that together today, and I'm hoping that you'll come away from here feeling so glad that your attention was drawn to the supremacy of Jesus because he is completely sufficient. You need to go no place else to be filled. A lot of people feel empty. A lot of people feel incomplete. We're searching and hungry and wanting. I want us to sense that we only need to go again to Jesus. I want to begin today in a way that I don't normally begin. I know you all got comfortable and settled down into your seat and you're ready to just start listening, but I want to have you participate with me. So would you please stand at this time? I'd like us to read the text today together. I want you to go ahead and buy your participation. Uh, You don't necessarily need to use your outdoor playground voice as at the top of your lungs kind of thing, but I want you to bring some energy to this so that together we may read and uh, go ahead and read from the screen so we're all reading the same uh, translation. We're going to be in Colossians 2, 6 through 10. I just want you, here's a little sneak peek into our last service. I tried to read off the back screen. It's a good thing I asked everybody else to read because I goofed up and goofed up and goofed up. So I'm going to read right from my text 
And I'm going to have you read out loud with me. Let's put it on the screen. Colossians 2, 6 through 10. Ready? So then, just as you received Christ, Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the instruction that we have here before us. We ask you to help us to turn our souls toward you and that you would fill us and complete us and make us whole in Christ Jesus. And where we feel a lack and a gap that we sense that you are filling those lack lacking places, weak places, gaps in our being, that we sense you are here and we're glad that you're our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ask you to help us to hear, help us to listen, help us to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. I'm going to begin with point number one, and I know it takes a little bit to settle down, but if you want to write it in, here's the point. Walk in Christ. Now you might be wondering, we didn't read that word walk. I know all of you were wondering that. We did, we did read the word, but we read it, it translated a different way. So Colossians 2.6, here's what we uh, read together. So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. That phrase that's highlighted there, live your lives in him, is actually a translation, and it's a good translation, of a stiffer word that's a little bit harder to, to kind of get at, but I want to go ahead and show you that. So in English, in the English Standard Version, same verse reads, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now, it's hard enough to understand the idea of living in a person. It's even a little stranger to have the idea of walking in a person. Okay? But it... It is actually describing something here. So uh, the one thing that I don't want us to lose if we just le left it at living in Christ, I don't want to lose the, the stiffness of walking. Walking is, it's got an element to it that just the word live doesn't have, and that is it's step by step by step. So it's not a once and for all now you're living in Christ. It's you continuing to live in Christ. So I like how the NIV brought that out. Continue to live your lives in Christ. And that brings out the walking nature, the step-by-step -step nature. But walking also has a direction to it, okay? In a step-by-step -step direction that is your in Christ living in him. Now, this should bring back some images if you're uh, real in tune with the words of Jesus and remember like from John chapter 15 where Jesus says, if you remain in me, how do you remain in a person? I will remain in you. Um, or older translations, abide in me, I will abide in you. This, this is a similar kind of idea. 
that there's a ongoing, step-by-step, living in Jesus that we need to get a hold of and understand what that's about. So as we're taking steps, what are we doing? And as we're walking in Jesus, what does that look like? As we're living in him and him living in us, what does that look like? Okay, broad sweeping strokes. Just make sure we understand the gospel. We've been looking at the gospel through Paul's words over and over again in this letter. He's already talked about how Jesus in his victory on the cross has given us what we need to escape out of the domain of darkness and enter into the kingdom of his son. We are living as a result of the victory of Jesus on the cross, taking our sins away so that now Jesus could release his spirit to indwell our lives to make us whole and complete. We turn to him as Lord, and when we turn to him as Lord, we turned in faith. We didn't try to walk to earn our way into a relationship with God as if we gotta get our lives all cleaned up first and then I can have a relationship with God where he blesses me. No, Jesus did what he did to give us the blessing based on his righteousness, taking our sins away so that he could fill us with his righteousness, fill us with his own life, and we could walk in him and he in us, okay? That's a lot of broad sweeping strokes. And he rose from the dead to give us a resurrection power through the power of the spirit so that we could live in him. Now, having said that much, I want to ask the question, I'll put it on the screen. Is there anything in your life that keeps you from living in the fullness of God's power? We just described being filled with the power of God through the Holy Spirit, uh, which then gives us resurrection life and power. The thing that keeps us from experiencing that is a blockage, a sin that's continuing in our lives. And so the question is, is there anything in your life that keeps you from living in the fullness of God's power? Now, I describe my own life. How are you doing? I'm doing great. When I really mean that, I'm really saying that, I'm experiencing the energy and life of God and uh, rejoicing in it and, and I'm feeling good about it. If I'm feeling empty, sometimes I don't even know why, but it's probably because something has caused me to be empty that I need to deal with before God to be filled with the Spirit again. This is what we're talking about, okay? Now, that doesn't mean the Spirit left me. It means something took place that's occupying space in me that he isn't occupying because darkness and light don't mix. I'm invited a little darkness in. And so I'm not experiencing the light flooding my being. And maybe that helps you get a hold of this. Now, I'm gonna talk about step-by-step kinds of things to help you get a hold of what does it look like to walk in Jesus. So I'm gonna give you the four R's. I thought about doing the three R's because you know the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic. Uh, This is like the four R's, and uh, it'll just help us to get a hold of some steps that are ongoing steps because we're continuing to walk. The first R is this, repent. The first thing we need to do when we're starting to feel this way is as we identify what it is that's occupying the space that is making it so that the Spirit can't flood me and fill me is identify what's going on, what's causing this, so I repent. I turn from my 
thought process, my will, what I am doing in the direction of my life, and I'm turning from that and saying, that is what's causing this. You are, you've identified it. I'm, a, I'm agreeing with you. That's wrong. Not my will. Your will be done. And so I'm turning my, myself, my focus, my attention, even my thoughts back to God. That's repentance. I need you. I need your help. Repentance. As soon as you do that, you haven't actually done anything. You haven't earned anything. Jesus earned it for you. You're turning back to God, and because you acknowledge that you have a need and you say, help me, grace floods into your being based not on what you did, based on what Jesus did on the cross. He's totally sufficient, and what he's done is totally sufficient to fill you and complete you and flood you with joy and completeness and wholeness based on what he has accomplished for you. But there are steps for us to make that uh, connection complete, take place. Turn away from self-directed life and turn back to the life of Jesus. So the first word is repent. Second word is receive. So when you repent, now you've turned back to, now you're completely open, you've acknowledged the sin, he can flood you in, receive it. Now, the completeness of it, if you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord, you need to go there. If you've already received Jesus Christ as Lord, you've also received his spirit into your life. Receive the spirit. Now, if you've already had a relationship with Jesus and you've received the spirit of God, but you're feeling empty, now receive the filling of the spirit. Thank God for the hip, filling your life with everything that comes from the sufficiency of Jesus. Jesus is here. Jesus is occupying the space. Jesus is loving me. Jesus has forgiven me. I am whole, complete. Celebrate what you receive. Even after that takes place, the third R is resist. You need to resist the devil, James says, and draw near to God. There's going to continue to be a battle. Resist the temptations that come your direction and turn to God for help. You can't do this on your own. That's why we start with repent and receive. You try to do battle with the enemy on your own, you will fail. You need help from the Savior, help from the Lord to do battle with the enemy and with your temptations and all these attractions that are pulling you apart and causing you to become emptier and emptier even though you're grasping to be more full and more full and it's just not working, okay? So resist. Then fourth, the fourth R is replace. So we're going to be talking about the fourth R in a lot more detail in Colossians 3 where you're literally replacing the pattern of your life that is out of sync with God's will with the pattern of Jesus which is in sync with God's will and you're learning how to take off the sin and put on the righteousness. We're going to talk about that as we get to Colossians 3. Repent, receive, resist, replace. Now, I want to slow down a a moment to talk about the phrase, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him or live your lives in him. So how did you receive him? As Lord. And how did you do this? By faith. When you first came to Christ, you came to Christ acknowledging that he isn't just a man. He is the Lord Jesus Christ who has the capacity to do this thing that we're describing to you. That's a saving faith. I want to turn to the words of Billy Graham describing this. No man can be said to be truly converted to Christ who has not bent his will to Christ. 
He may give intellectual assent to the claims of Christ and may have had emotional religious experiences. However, he is not truly converted until he has surrendered his will to Christ as Lord, Savior, and Master. A lot of people across the globe have intellectual assent. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for me, but... They never submit their will, bend their will to God's will and say, you are Lord, not me. And so they are not busy doing the four R's. So they're living their own life in opposition to God's will and aren't repenting and turning to God's face. And so we need to practice this walk in a step-by-step way that's every day. looks like this, God, let me praise you as the awesome one, the almighty, my maker, my redeemer. You're the source. You're the supply. You're the means. You're the purpose of my life. And in that turning, I've turned from my thoughts, my life, my world, what I want to do to who he is, what he wants, and his bigness. And in that turning, I'm being adjusted out of a self-centered life to a life that's being re-centered, recalibrated, moved to face-to-face interaction in a relationship that's adjusting me back to him so that I can be filled with the wonder and the awe and the worship and the glory and the beauty and the joy of who he is. And so practice these four R's and you'll experience your life becoming more whole, more complete, more full. Of Christ. So, what's your next step to walk in Christ? What's keeping you from taking that step? Now, we've had some questions that we put on the screen just now. We put these questions on the screen. The most important notes you can take today aren't writing things that I say. The most important notes that you can take today is what it means for you to do. What are you going to do with this? What's your next step? What has gotten in the way? What's come between you and him that's causing you to feel a little empty? Write it down in code if you need to because your neighbor's looking over. Okay? But that's the most important note because the answer for you is about that. That thing that the Spirit of God is shining a highlight in right now. You need to Do something about this. Repent about this. Turn to me and ask for help about this. You are stuck. So be thinking about that as we continue and ask hard questions. Walk in Christ. Point number two is rooted and filled. Rooted and filled. Colossians 2, 7, we already read it together, but let me read it again. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Now, the only blank we had in this point number two was the word filled. Do you see where it is? Right there. Overflowing. You cannot be overflowing if your life is not full. Okay? So you need to be rooted and filled. Now, let's pause and talk about rooted. Let's go ahead and grab an image that we're probably very familiar with because of where we live. We are here in Cottonwood, Arizona. Everybody has seen tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds are like the image 
of something whose roots are not rooted. Right? Dried up, blown by the wind, just every which way the wind blows. You just see them. They don't make that noise. They're kind of quiet as you're driving, right? But they're like, I hate tumbleweeds. Especially you got to pull them. Got to have gloves. It's like, hug them. Right? Tumbleweeds, you don't want to be a tumbleweed. Do not be a tumbleweed. They don't have a strong root. Doesn't take much to just detach them from something solid and blown by whatever wind the world is sweeping them with. We need to be rooted. But notice how we're rooted. Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Folks, if you believe, oh man, I need to be rooted, I need to be rooted, I need to, I need to make sure I come to church every week, amen, I'm glad you think that that's where it's at, but I'm saying that is not enough in our world. I see way too many Christians that are counting on me or other preachers to give them what they need to be taught in the faith and to be strengthened and to stay rooted. Folks, we need every day being built up, strengthened, and rooted in the Word of God. We need to get in the Word of God and allow our, our hearts and our minds to be transformed by the truth so that we're rooted to solid connection with the person of Jesus. There's a difference between the roots of a plant that stays in place and a roots that we're being asked to have deep roots to a person wherever Jesus goes, I'm going with him. And wherever I go, I want Jesus to go with me, rooted in him. The next image I want to use for the word overflowing is a bucket. If this thing is full to overflowing, I can guarantee one thing. If you're walking with a full vessel, you're going to get wet. Right? And your shoes are going to get wet. Your pants are going to get wet. Even if you're strong enough to with a five-gallon bucket to do one arm, you're going to get wet. Uh, this one has nothing in it, so I could not electrocute myself while overflowing. But the point is, when your life is filled to overflowing, that blessing is not just for you. He blesses you to be overflowing. It's for him, and it's also for everybody around you as you develop a life that's overflowing with thankfulness. You don't even have to be articulate in the good news. You don't have to explain stuff to be the kind of person that they're blessed by the gratitude that is the core of who you are that keeps just coming out and coming out and coming out. You have this thing about your face. You have this thing about your words that is overflowing with thankfulness rather than overflowing with whininess, overflowing with grumpiness, overflowing with negativity. No, you have this reason to be overflowing with the feeling of the good news that Jesus Christ is totally sufficient to make you whole, complete, and filled to overflowing. Every one of us 
is a full bucket, hopefully, more frequently. Let me be honest. I'm full every now and again. And then I have to deal with the emptiness. And the best way I know how to deal with the emptiness is slosh what's in the bucket. Let's say I'm just going, I'm struggling here. There's a big gap. What I need to do is go, spill out. Lord Jesus, you're awesome. Overflow with thankfulness. And then he just fills me up as I spill out with gratitude and I lead my life with my lips with the thankfulness of my heart and he begins to fill me up again because I'm adjusting my soul to him with gratitude and then he fills me so that I can be overflowing. And then as I'm walking on paths and all of us have paths, some of us have paths in a marriage, some of us have paths in parenting, some of us has paths in a workplace with all our coworkers, some of us have paths in our neighborhoods. And in those paths, as you're carrying your vessel overflowing, water is spilling out in your path and it's getting wet also. And you don't even have to be real articulate for seeds to germinate and then begin to become more solid and grow and start to go, what is it about you? I'm so struggling with anxiety. I'm so struggling with fear. I'm so struggling at this time. I'm so, I'm so done with this, and I don't know what to do with this. And you are okay. What is going on? You can then talk about what you're so grateful for, that you don't know what's going on, but Jesus does. And I don't know how to fix it, but he does. And I don't know what's coming next, but he does. And the good news is we win. We win. Our story, which is not a great story now, has a great next chapter. Our story, which is not a great story right now, might have a great next page. And God is authoring a wonderful story of grace in our life. And we worship him for it. Be filled to overflowing. What's your next step in becoming rooted and filled? What's keeping you from taking that step. By the way, who is it that says, without God, life is meaningless? Those of us who are Bible scholars, we'll start going, oh, Solomon, he was really wise, he said that. Yeah, he's a believer. You know who else says that life without God is meaningless? They don't use these terms. Unbelieving scientists do. Here's a statement from an unbelieving scientist. So in a sense, you could say, everyone believes, if they're honest, that without God, life is meaningless. Let me show you what I mean. In trying to answer about the meaning of life, this particular science author begins with what he believes is a bleak reality. Let me read. The harsh answer is, it has none. Life has no meaning. Your life may feel like a big deal to you, but it's actually a random blip of matter and energy in an uncaring and impersonal universe. When it ends, a few people will remember you for a while, but they will die too. Even if you make the history books, your contribution will soon be forgotten. Humans will go extinct. Earth and the sun will be destroyed. Eventually, the universe itself will end. 
against this appalling reality, how can a human life have any real meaning? Have a nice day. (laughs) He didn't say have a nice day. It's just like, wow. Without God, we're empty. Without God, there's no meaning. Everybody that really is a good, solid thinker will come to that conclusion. And this is a good, solid thinker, but he hasn't allowed God to shape his life. In contrast to that, Paul is saying, we have the reality of this hope. We can be filled. We can be whole. We can be complete. This is called the gospel. This is called good news. Amen? Amen. So, be rooted and filled. Point number three, reject counterfeits. Verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human traditions and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. I could probably spend several hours trying to break out all the pieces and parts of what this means, but I want to cut to the chase. I want to make it really practical for us, so I'm simply going to read some statements that will help us to So what? What do we need to do? Do you spend more time taking in philosophies of this world through the music you listen to, the shows you watch, the social media you take in, the world's take on news, than you do on God's revealed truth and Christ's worldview and Christ's instructions? If you're busy filling up your bucket, let me read it again, with the world's music, the shows you watch, the social media you take in, the world's take on the news, than you do on God's revealed truth, Christ's worldview, and Christ's instructions, no wonder you feel empty and you're grasping and you're looking for something to bring meaning to the next moment. You're allowing counterfeits to run your way of thinking. Here's something I know about counterfeits from what I've been taught. The more counterfeits you keep taking in and examining and seeing counterfeit, 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 the more confused you will be and you will not be able to tell a counterfeit from a reality. If you stop taking in counterfeits and you study reality and study truth, then when a counterfeit comes up, you spot it right off because it doesn't fit truth. The more time you spend studying counterfeit, the more confusing truth becomes. Stop taking in all the things you're taking in that are counterfeits and begin to train yourself to see truth and reality. There is nothing that's going to satisfy you like Jesus. Jesus is the reality. He is the source. He is the supply. He is the means. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the one we live for, and he will fill you. Sorry, preach, preach, preach. (laughs) For in Christ, verse 9, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. 
And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Verse 10 in the NLT reads, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every rule, every ruler and authority. You need nothing else to be filled complete and whole than Jesus. Look no longer. Quit looking at counterfeits. Quit looking to something else that's going to somehow give you the buzz or the high or the meaningful moment thinking that that's the answer for you. Jesus is the answer for all of us and he's sufficient, the only one who is sufficient to give us what we need. But what does this completeness mean? It means that there is nothing lacking in a believer's relationship with God. God pours his love and power into believers, giving them fullness for this life and readying them for the life to come. Believers need not look anywhere else. Look around you. People are searching for something to give their lives a boost. Few people seem content. A strange and often hard to identify emptiness gives most people an uneasy sense of incompleteness. But Christ fills the emptiness. We are complete in Christ. Some days we may not feel like it, but in fact, in Jesus, the emptiness is gone. The full power and presence of God has taken up residence in your mind and in your heart. You are a new person, equipped for life and satisfied in God. Salvation by faith in Christ sounds too easy for many people. And in the church at Colossae, there were people, there were false teachers that were saying, that's too easy, it can't be right. You need to add this old religiosity that you're forgetting. This old religious ritual needs to be added to this. You can't just go by Jesus. And Paul says, never! Christ is sufficient. Don't try to add this or add that, whether it's from your pagan thought or from the old Jewish thought. Jesus is totally sufficient. I can't get into the details of this, but I take it into the next section of Colossians. If you look at your talk it over on the flip side of the outline or on the bottom side if you're using the phone events outline in you version, study that. And you'll see in the next section, he's training us in a common error of religiosity that man-made solutions will never fill you. And if you start grasping for man-made solutions instead of Jesus, it's going to take you into poor places, errors. You need Jesus. When you are rooted and filled, every distraction loses attraction. When you are rooted and filled by Jesus, every distraction loses its attraction. I love that. For years and years and years, temptation seemed so strong, but because my worship was so weak, when my worship becomes strong, temptations lose all attraction. And if I'm tempted, I need to turn to worship because if he fills me, I won't want that. It will be abhorrent to me. It'll make me want to vomit. I'll look beyond where its immediate attraction is to where it's taking me 
and I don't want to have anything to do with that, I will look at Jesus and where he's taken me. That is joy. That is wholeness. That is completeness. You need nothing more than Jesus. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for the clarity of the gospel truth with its incisive, sharp truths cutting out counterfeits, self-efforts, self-made religion, and elevating the Lord Jesus as the superior answer, the supreme being, the one who is sufficient to fill us and complete us. At a time when we need this most, we turn to you. Lord Jesus, you are Lord. We need you. Help us, save us, fill us, complete us, make us whole. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have a uh, prayer team to the left of the stage. If you have anything you'd like to pray about, I encourage you to go that direction. Hope to see you next week for the next exciting episode out of Colossians. We'll see you. God bless.